Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I was really encouraged, as Yaku shared with us last week, around just be listening to God, being obedient to God, around knowing that God's ways are most of the time different to the way that we would have planned, and the route that He takes is not the route that we had worked out in our map, and it challenged me and encouraged me, and I want us to carry on around that same theme just a little bit, as I was just meditating and just working through the message Just in my own life, I was reminded of John chapter 10, verse 27, where Jesus is speaking and He says to His disciples, He says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them and they follow Me. My sheep hear My voice. And for those of us who are believers, who are Christians, isn't that an incredibly heartening thought to know that we hear His voice? And I want to encourage you with that this evening, that if you are here as a Christian, you a bunch of other And this evening, I'm wanting to encourage us just a little bit around that thought. I want to encourage us uh, around three main themes, and maybe I could just lay it out right at the beginning here. The first one is that you can hear God's voice. I remember when I was just a young believer, one of our my small group leader, somebody who was a small group with me at the time, he, he dropped this phrase, and I can't remember what the context was, but, but this phrase has just stuck with me my whole Christian life. He said, don't put your trust in your ability to follow God, or in the context of this evening, in your ability to hear God. Put your trust in God's ability to lead you, or in our context for tonight, in God's ability to speak to you. And for me, that has always been just such a heartening thought that it's not about how good am I in the context of hearing God's voice. It's how good is God to speak to me. He is faithful. That doesn't mean I mustn't endeavor to hear His voice, to learn His voice, to grow in understanding and obedience and all of those things. But my faith is not in that I can hear God's voice so well. My faith is that God can speak to me so well. And He is able to lead and to direct. So that's the first thing that I want to encourage us with this evening. You can hear God's voice. The second one is you're going to hear His voice more if you listen. But perhaps sometimes we're not hearing God's voice as much as we would like or we should because we are not diligent in listening, in taking time out to say, God, speak to me. And then thirdly is that we would be bold in obeying when He does speak to us. That we would know that He speaks to us. That we would be diligent in seeking His voice and that we would be bold in obeying His voice. I want us to look at one or two examples. The first one here is in John, sorry, John Joshua chapter 6. And we have Joshua leading the people of Israel. They're about to go into the promised land and they're going to sort of conquer a whole bunch of cities, and isn't it a little bit interesting? I don't know if you've ever struggled with this just a little bit, that you read the New Testament, and we have 
God, who is all love and grace and gracious and about salvation and drawing us near to Him. And then you page back just a couple of chapters and you find ourselves in the Old Testament and we have God who is all about destroying kingdoms and establishing His purposes. And war, realize that it's the same God in the New Testament in the, that we read about in the Old Testament. And it's the same God in the Old Testament that we read about in the New Testament. And that enriches my walk with Him because I understand that my walk with Him first and foremost is about coming to know Him. Isn't that what Jesus said when He called the first, what we would call today the disciples? He said, come, follow me. Come. And our walk with Christ starts with the coming, with the just being with Him, being in His presence. But I love that He didn't just say, come, follow me to be with me. Yes, it starts there. But he said, come, follow me, and I will make you fit for purpose. I will establish you. I will prepare you. And there is this kind of tension within our walk with Christ that as much as we are coming to him and near him and drawing close to him and being intimate with him, that he is still a God of purpose. He is still a God who is establishing kingdom here on this earth. And our walk with him has to include both. It has to include a drawing near, but it also has to include a stepping out and an establishing. That's one of the reasons why leadership development for us is so important. Yes, we need to make disciples. We need to train people to follow, to know Jesus. But we also need to empower them to lead for Jesus, to hear His voice, but be able to be in a position where they can step out, step out and establish the kingdom. And following Jesus is not just knowing Jesus. It's also about pursuing His cause and pursuing His purposes. And here we see that great example of Jericho or Joshua and the people of Israel about to go into the promised land to pursue the purposes of God. And as they're about to go into the promised land, there is this big city called Jericho. Israel are led by a man called Joshua who is an experienced man of war. A general, if you will, he knows about war. It's his area of expertise. He can lead people to go and kill other people. He can strategize and he can figure out plans around how this is meant to look. What is going to work and what's probably not going to work. And that's where we pick up the story in Joshua chapter 6. The gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites no one was allowed to go out or in. They even had lockdown back then, you see. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. And if I'm Joshua, and God is speaking this to me, question marks are popping up all over my mind. Because I know what war is meant to look like. And how God comes and he, he speaks into my area of expertise. Last week, Yaku spoke about Peter and John who were fishermen. And Jesus comes and he speaks into their area of expertise. He says, put the net on the other side. And I would probably have been, Jesus, I know about fishing. I can fish. And I just fished the whole night. And I know there was no fish on this side of the boat. There's not going to be fish on this side of the boat. They were willing to listen 
and to allow Jesus to speak into that which they thought they knew. You and your fighting men should watch around the town once a day for six days. Okay, we can do that, but then we're going to make war. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. Okay, on the seventh day, great, I'm looking forward to this. On the seventh day, we're going to storm their gates. On the seventh day, you're going to march around the gate town seven times. Still not making sense. With the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. I want you to put yourself in Joshua's shoes just for a moment here. Joshua, who knows something about war, he's probably thinking, God, I don't quite know if that's going to work. Do we have any kind of engineers, civil engineer type people, architects, builders here? Because I don't think they're just drawing into sort of a new natural law of how to make walls fall. I don't think if we walk around this building for six days, and then the seventh, quietly in the seventh day, we do it again, and then we make a whole big bunch of noise that the walls are going to fall in. It's not that God is showing them, well, here is a new way that is going to work and make sense in the natural. No, he's saying, I have a different plan for this that you have to trust me for. Either I'm going to be sitting there because the downside risk of getting this wrong is pretty big. The downside risk of going to war with a bad strategy is I don't come back from the war. Me and my men, we all die. And then what happens is my wife and kids and our families, they're all back here. And the people who have just killed us know that our wives and kids are all here. And they come and they're either going to kill all our wives and kids and take all our stuff or they're going to take them as slaves. Or There's a big downside risk to being wrong. It's not just, let's go try this and if it doesn't work, oh, it's okay, we'll do something else tomorrow. It's not how war works. And yet God comes and He speaks to Joshua and He gives him such clear instructions. And I wonder, you and me, how often are we willing to allow God to give us clear instructions in every area of our life, but in the area that we think we understand and God's instructions don't make sense? Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to obey? One of the things that I've always loved around our church family is it's sort of being part of who we are. We are willing to do weird and, if you will, stupid things for God as long as we have a sense that it's God who is saying it. Say, God, if, if I sense this is you, God, I'm going to go for it. And even if it might be wrong and even if, God, it's a little bit silly and people are going to think, who are these idiots walking around these walls? Has anyone here ever seen VeggieTales? VeggieTales are the little cartoons with Christian stories for kids, and my kids have watched some VeggieTales episodes, and you know, later on when you have kids, you'll realize how these things work. When your kids watch VeggieTales episodes, that means you've watched VeggieTales episodes too. And there's one of them where they have the story, and you have these pickles and these peas, which are the vegetables, because everything is a vegetable in VeggieTales, and the people are vegetables, and, and they're walking around the walls of... And I can't remember what it is what the Jericho people are, kind of what vegetables they are, but they're sitting on their walls 
And the one's shouting down and he's saying, you silly little pickle, you silly little pea. You think that walking is going to bring the city to its knees. And he says, you must be dehydrated. <laughs> Stupid water, you guys are coming to just war and you're just walking around in silence. But sometimes, just sometimes, that's how God leads us and that's how he speaks to us. Are we willing to listen into our area of expertise? In just a moment, we're going to have communion together as well. And what I'd like us to do is to pray for one another. For some of us, this hearing God's voice is a whole new and exciting thing, and we're just figuring it out, and we're going to pray into that if that's where you are in your walk with Christ. It's such a precious, beautiful time. Some of us have been walking with Christ for a while, and maybe we've lost our confidence in hearing His voice. And maybe if, like me, there are some areas where, by God's grace, I'm really confident that I hear His voice. But there are other areas in my life where, over the years, I've missed His voice a little bit. Where He's spoken and I didn't obey. Or where I thought God spoke, but it wasn't God that was speaking. And in those areas of my life, if I'm really honest, I've lost my confidence in God's ability to speak to me. I've lost the ability to say, well, I'm going to go for this because last time it didn't work so well. But I sense God is just wanting to stir in us, just renew in us a little bit, just that we can hear His voice in every area, kind of corporate type of environment as well. Because what we have here is we have the whole city, all of the fighting men, fighting men walking around the city, and all of them are quiet. God gave Joshua an instruction and the crazy thing is, all of them obeyed the instruction. There wasn't like a group of five guys on the th side who thought, you know, Joshua's really crazy. We've got a better plan. Yeah, we know we're meant to be quiet, but we're just going to be talking here on the side. We're going to be planning how we're really going to win this war. No, there was a complete unity in what God had said. There was silence when there was meant to be silence, and there was shouting when there was meant to be shouting. And that's important for us on a corporate level, but on an individual level, God wants to speak to you. It might seem crazy. There's another one. We don't have the scripture up here, but there's a man called Gideon. Gideon also goes to war. Gideon goes, I think he goes to, to war against about something like 10,000 people, and he has 300 men. And God comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, this is how we're going to do this. And I can imagine Gideon thinking, God, wow, this is going to be amazing. And God says, here's my plan, Gideon. Clay pots and candles. And? I, and? No, clay pots and candles. Okay, clay pots and candles and what? Catapults. Or can we take at least one sword? Clay pots and candles. And we're going to cover our candles with clay pots so they're not going to see our candles. And then we're going to break the clay pots and the candles are obviously incredibly bright, fancy new LED lights because it's going to blind them all and then we're going to kill them. And yet that's what God chose to work. Would you go to war with clay pots and candles if God said clay pots and candles? There's another example here of incredible obedience. There's a man, many of us would know the story. His name's Abraham, and he has a desire, and sort of only one desire on this earth, and that's he wants children. He wants an heir. He's a wealthy man. And he wants an heir to, 
take over all that he has built up. It came to pass after these things. So God gives him a son. Son's name is Isaac. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son. So God isn't confused that, you know, there's another son. No, this is the only son whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. And then I'm always so challenged by verse 3 here. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He didn't delay. He knew God had spoken to him. So what does Abraham do? Early in the morning, he rose. He saddled his donkey and took his two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose, and he went to the place which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, you guys stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. And they're going to go somewhere else. Abraham knows that he's going to give up his biggest dream, because God had spoken. And then the story pans out in a beautiful way where God stops him just before and he says, no, I just wanted to test you. You didn't really have to do this. Just by the way, sometimes God will give you instruction with no plan of you actually following through with it. He did that to Abraham. God never meant for Abraham actually to sacrifice his kid, but God did tell Abraham to sacrifice his kid. That might happen sometimes. God will tell you to do something and he wants you to commit to doing it wholeheartedly but he doesn't want you to actually do it. He'll only tell you that later, though. But watch what happens because of his obedience. Genesis 22, verse 15. And then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Because you have obeyed my voice. There is something beautiful that happens when we are willing to listen to God. It's easy to listen to God when it makes sense. It's easy to listen to God when we agree. It's really easy. It's harder to listen to God when it doesn't make sense. It's harder to listen to Him when our plan is better. God, here's my plan and here's your plan. God, quite honestly, my plan is better than your plan. The strategy and my plan is going to work. God, I'm not. But are we willing to step away and say, God, as clever as I think my plan is, there's one small difference. You. God, you don't need a clever plan. You just need you. God, you don't need a clever strategy. You just need you. And if it's clay pots and candles and you, that's better than the biggest army on the planet. Because it's you. And if you're willing to say, God, would you come and lead me in truth? Jesus told us that when he said, when we make disciples, so for ourselves and our own growth as disciples and in our leading and growing other people, 
Let's remember Matthew 28. Jesus came and he spoke to them and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And then he says what this would look like. You make a disciple by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, things I've commanded you. And then, lo, remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Are we being taught to obey God's commandments, to observe them? Are we teaching those who we are leading in Christ to obey and to observe God's commandments? It's great that we teach them God loves them. It's great that we know that God loves us, that He draws us into His presence. But it's also important to remember that the God we serve is not only, He is interested, but He's not only interested in our coming to Him. He's also interested in our going for Him, in our establishing, in our taking ground, in our seeing His kingdom come, in our being obedient to His direction. And so this evening, I want to encourage us in those three areas that God will speak to you. He wants to speak to you. You can hear God's voice. You can hear His voice. Secondly, make deliberate time in your life to listen to His voice. There are going to be times when He speaks to you when you're not listening. Just like a father, father, with my kid, if I see my kid running towards a fire, I'm going to shout at my kid and make sure he hears me. Or she hears me in my case. But there are other times when she comes and sits on my lap and she speaks and she learns from me. Are we doing that with a father? Are we taking time out to go and sit and say, Lord, speak. God, I'm going to keep quiet and I'm just going to listen. And God, you're probably going to tell me clay pots and candles and I'm scared and I'm intimidated, but I also know clay pots and candles and you is enough. I also know catapults and grappling hooks work really well if you want to get into a city with big walls. But what works even better is walking around in silence with God. Then I can have all the grappling hooks and I can have all of the catapults. But I'd rather have silence and God than the best armament. We can go fishing and we can have the best fish finders and the whole thing, the best nets, etc. Or we can just have the other side of the boat and God. And when we're willing to sit and to listen and to say, God, speak to us. He wants to speak to you. In Amos, he tells us that surely the Lord God does nothing. That's quite a strong statement to say. God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servant, the prophets. God doesn't do anything without speaking to us about it first. Not because he wants our permission, because he wants to share it with us. And sometimes because I believe he wants us to pray it into being. He wants us to speak it into being. He wants us to release it with our voice and with our song. We have to be diligent to listen. God wants to speak to you. You can hear his voice. Secondly, be diligent to listen. And then thirdly, when he speaks, let's be bold to obey. Let's be bold to say, God, this is the craziest, stupidest thing I've ever done, except I know that it's you. So let's go. Let's do it.
Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's echoed in Matthew chapter 4. It's echoed in Luke chapter 4 as well. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe so that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. And this was just after they'd come out of Egypt. And humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Watch this, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Man lives by every word. And yes, it starts with us knowing the word, the written word of God really well. That's one of the reasons why Bible school is so important to us. One of the things we're going to be doing in that month of Leadership Express is we're going to be doing a a large part of our Bible school curriculum amongst a whole bunch of other things within that one-month period. Join us for that. Otherwise, if you haven't done Bible school yet, start thinking and praying, planning now for next year to say Tuesday nights during the university term, so only sort of starting in March. Tuesday nights, I'm going to set Tuesday nights aside and I'm going to do Bible school. And I'm going to get myself equipped in the Word because we need to know the Word of God. I saw someone tweet once, really precious, I love it. Sometimes we need to stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. That's a great way to start hearing the voice of God, to know the Word of God. But then we also need to listen for a voice. But it's really dangerous when we start listening for a voice without knowing the verse. Because then we start building our own theology and our own thinking of who God is and what God should say and how He works. Yes, God does speak to us by every word. It's the rhema word, the living word, and the logos, the written word. We need to have both of them in our hearts. So there needs to be a time when we are searching the word. And in my life, I found the vast majority of time when God speaks to me, He speaks to me through his word, his written word. But there are times as well where he speaks through that still small voice on the inside. We hear his voice. And then the challenge is to obey, to say, okay, Jesus, you know better. I'm going to ask, do we have some people who can hand out the communion elements for us? That would be really great. And then... As we get those elements, what I'd like us to do is just while respecting one another's kind of the social distancing, if we with, share around how do you feel currently around hearing God's voice? Maybe you're here and you're saying, I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice. And we're going to pray for you that you would hear God's voice. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I, some areas of God, I hear His voice so well. But there are others where I'm nervous. There are others I don't have confidence of. I've gotten it wrong, and there's confusion. We're going to pray with you into those areas. I, but I was praying for one guy this morning around this. I just got this image of an ear. And I'm not a, a doctor or anything, but I'm told that inside of your ear are little hairs. Not ears, like Abraham wanted ears, but like hairs. Hairs, rather. And as you grow a little bit older, like I'm growing older, I've got other hairs in my ear as well. But on the inside are a whole bunch of teeny little ears. And those ears, hairs, let me get this wording right. Those little hairs. Apparently when there's a whole bunch of hard noise, those hairs break and then you don't hear so well anymore. 
and your hearing is impeded. Am I right? Is that true? That it's a lie? Anyway, that's what I was told. And I got this, this image, this picture of when I was praying for this guy of some of those hairs being damaged and his ears not working as they should spiritually and praying that God would come and that he would eat. And so let's pray that for one another. Thank you, bigots. Thank you, admirer. Let's pray that for one another, that God would come and hear our ears in the areas where we do not hear so well. And for those of you who are joining us on Facebook, take some time and, and pray. Maybe you're with other people. You can pray with them. Maybe you want to pick up the phone and just phone someone or send them a WhatsApp message. You can even post a comment in the bottom in the comment section of Facebook. And we'd love to contact you and follow up with you around that as well. But let's take time together and have communion. And if you have the liberty to do so, to share one or two areas where someone else can pray with you around your hearing God's voice. I'm going to pray for us as we close, and then you can pray together in those groups. And when, we're, when you're done praying, we're done, and you're welcome to go and have some coffee and tea and join us for some fellowship afterwards. God, we thank you that you are good, and that you are good, that you speak to us, Lord. God, that you haven't just left us here to try and figure out everything by ourselves, but you are here, and you speak to us, and you lead us, and you guide us, and you give us such clear instruction. So tonight we come and we just say, we want to hear. God, we want to hear. Lord, we repent for the times when you have spoken and we didn't listen, Lord. We acted and we were wrong. We bring those wounds to you, God, and we ask, would you heal that, Lord? God, give us the boldness to start again, to listen again, to step out again. Because you say your sheep hear your voice. And so we choose to believe that we hear your voice, Lord. God, give us the grace to be diligent in our hearing, to take time to hear and the boldness to step out in obedience when we have heard. God, as we're about to partake of communion, thank you for your broken body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for all that it represents in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys can sort of break up into those groups and then take communion together once you've shared around those specific areas. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.